Hello, and welcome to the Ended Up in Vegas podcast. I'm Nikki. I'm Megan. Megan and I are realtors in Las Vegas, Nevada. We are team leaders of the Pucci Ramos Group here at Simply Vegas, where we broadcast our podcast from. And we created this podcast to be more of a lifestyle um, of showing what it's like to actually live in Las Vegas. But being that we are in the real estate industry, we want to make sure that everyone is always in the know of what's going on right now in the in the housing market. So we felt like it was important to concentrate for the next few weeks on what's happening, some of the indicators that we have for market conditions um, moving forward into the summer, and then also some other topics that we think will be of interest to our listeners and viewers. So a few days ago, the Case-Shiller report was released showing that the national home uh Prices, national home prices fell for the seventh straight month. Now, here we've been following local home prices that are um, hyper concentrated on Southern Nevada, Las Vegas area, which incorporates Henderson. So, Megan, tell everyone kind of where prices have been going in the past seven months and uh, what we are seeing right now. So, you know, everybody knows that during the pandemic, up until the beginning of last year, the prices we're going up at sort of a breakneck pace. And then when uh, the Fed went in and and increased the base rate, that really just kind of turned off the faucet. So we went from a very, very hot market to, uh, so we had a a median home price. This is based on single family homes of 481,000. That's what we got up to in May of last year. And then we sort of slid down up until the fall and things have really started started to level off. So uh, just to, to give you an example, we had about 3,900 houses on the market in spring of last year. That was contributing to the high rates of appreciation because there were so few homes on the market. We went up to about 10,800 in September, and then things sort of leveled off. So right now, for the last three months, we're averaging about 425000 as a median price. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were at $424,995 last month. So we'll see. We're going to get March's numbers here pretty quickly, but I think we're going to hold steady. If anything, we might even go up a little bit just because there's been so much demand because our inventory now, we're at about 6,900 homes on the market. And we've been kind of dancing around this five or 6,000 number of active homes on the market for the last 60 days. Yeah, so we have a little over 6,100 as of today, homes that are coming soon or listed in active status in the Las Vegas housing market. I want to talk about something that Robert Schiller said um, upon release of the new um, index. Maybe if you have a good chance to delay your purchase, it might be a good time to do so. So he said he recommended if you can wait on purchasing a home for maybe six months or so, it might be a good idea. So let's talk about that because I don't think that's right in the Las Vegas housing market. I think if you had asked me that six months ago, I would have said that. But I think we both agree that that's very dependent on what market you're in. I agree. It's very, very market specific. I think that's probably the advice we did give people. Mm -hmm. Give it six or eight months. Um, I think that might is probably the operative word in that that sentence. I think it's going to be very specific to where you are. Uh, it's nobody really knows for sure. Right. So I think it's going to depend on the individual. But the indicators we're seeing right now is the market is heating up, and we're seeing multiple offers on some properties. We're seeing a lot of activity out there. So you know, it depends on where interest rates are. I think that's going to be the biggest factor. We're seeing one of the things we're seeing right now that we maybe didn't see six 
you know, a year ago is properties coming back on the market because interest rates have been fluctuating a lot in the last 90 days. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, we're, we're, we've got people that are very price sensitive. So we're seeing properties come back on the market because interest rates went up a little bit and then the buyer can no longer qualify. So it really is going to be, I think the biggest indicator is what's going to happen uh, with interest rates towards the end of the year. Yeah. And I think it's important to point out when we talk about um, the housing market on a national scale versus here, you know, this report breaks down 20 cities, which we're a part of, um, that are all indicators of what's happening all over the U.S. But specifically, um, 15 cities reported declines while Miami, Boston, Charlotte and Cleveland had slight increases. And so when you mention our city as one of those who remain stable, you know, where the bottom is, is basically what the reports might be indicating to us Mm -hmm. is where we have reached along with those other, other cities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's very evident in the fact that we are along the bottom and what we can see from just activity being out on the streets, working with clients is that if, if we're not at the bottom, we are very, very close. Yeah. I think another indicator for me, uh, today I had a home closing that was a 3,300 square foot home, almost 3,400 square feet. The closing price was five ninety nine nine ninety, which is a hundred less than $184 a square foot. So when you think about, um, what we were at a year ago, that same home would have been to almost 284 a square mm-hmm. foot. Really? Yeah. There's a, there's just been a huge adjustment. Um, again, a lot of this is we can't predict what's going to happen in the future. So if interest rates go back above seven and I, that seems to be, I don't know about what you think, but that six and a half to seven, like the market seems to be able to withstand the six and a half and below interest rate. Once we start getting at seven or above, that's when we start to see a lot of pressure on pricing. Um, the one caveat to this is we have very low levels of inventory. We have been in a a nationwide housing shortage for the last 10, 15 years since the original recession or the great recession, as it's known. Um, that's going to be the thing that's really going to, uh, restrict what happens here. And that may not be the same in other markets. So let me read you this. This streak of seven consecutive months of U.S. home prices declines comes after national home prices ran up for 124 consecutive months. Spanning from the bottom of the housing crash in February 2012 through the peak of the pandemic housing boom in June of 22. For us, it was May of 22. So especially when you're looking at timetables, six months becomes five months when we're a month ahead of everyone else. And that's, I would say, very typical of Las Vegas because mm-hmm. of the way our economy is. We're almost always the first market to, to shift when there's, a, when there's a market turn. And we also fell more drastically more quickly than the other markets Mm -hmm. did. So that's something to also take into account. It says, even with this 3% national dip, home prices are still up big time. In fact, as of January, national home prices, as measured by the seasonally adjusted case shiller, are up 37% Mm -hmm. since March of 2020. Mm -hmm. Because I'm a bit of a data nerd, uh, I really get an unhealthy amount of uh, satisfaction at looking at all this stuff. We were at a median home price, the beginning, uh, the end of 2021. So let me, let me go to end of 2020. We were at a median home price of 345,000. So our prices went up so quickly and so much mm-hmm. that even if they do come back down a little bit more than where we're at right now, you know, we would still be far above ahead the pace in which we would have seen had we not had all those uh, outside factors and driving prices up. 
one of the really important things to talk about is, you know, nobody knows, even the most, you know, I always say this and I'm going to sound like a broken record, but even the people who get paid to do this do not know with any real certainty what's going to happen. So it's all just an, uh, you know, an informed guess based on the data, but there are always uh, extenuating factors that can impact what happens with, you know, home prices. So could they continue to go down if interest rates go up and we get a considerable amount of inventory this spring coming on the market that could put pressure on prices. And, you know, when you're looking at, uh, when you're looking at affordability, and you're looking at what someone needs to to make in order to buy a median price here at 425,000 at a six and a half percent rate. That's a considerable amount. I've got a friend right now who is looking in the $350,000 price range. And that's going to be anywhere from 2,600 to 3,000 a month, like you were saying. That is a lot of money for a person that's buying not even really an entry level home. Mm-hmm. So we're talking attached, no yard, uh, one car garage. I mean, that's very much your entry level product. And they're spending, you know, twenty five hundred to three thousand a month in mortgage. So that means that's income of eighty to ninety thousand. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. So if if interest rates continue to go up and we do get more inventory, I think that will put some pressure, some downward pressure on pricing. But I just don't think it's going to happen here unless we get a flood of inventory. So historically, back in 2018, I was reading a report about how uh, home prices had continued to increase since 2013, um, post-recession era, when the labor market was just booming like crazy. So when people have jobs, people have the ability to spend more money and buy a home. Mm -hmm. So there is one caveat, though, to if Um, you know, if we do have an economic downturn in the next few months, go ahead and read what that report says. So they say, uh, you know, I think this is pretty much common knowledge, but when there's an economic downturn, unemployment is likely to go up and that reduces the number of American Americans who can afford houses and stop landlords from raising rents. That being said, a lot of that's going to be indicative on where we are in inventory. But haven't you already seen rental rates going down? Yeah, I've seen reductions. I've seen, um, you know, last year... I don't know if it was so much last year or the year before, but it was, there were, there was a period of time where it was harder to rent a house or get into a house to rent than it was to buy. Yeah. And now I'm seeing uh pricing pressure. I'm seeing properties sitting on the market. We're seeing more price reductions. Um, I'm not seeing that so much on the resale market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we were seeing crazy rental rates in Las Vegas. And just a few months ago, I had sold a home where the property manager had actually, without my seller's knowledge, increased the asking price so exponentially that it was far outside of what their contracted agreed upon amount was. And it wasn't getting rented. Mm -hmm. And that costs people money too, when you have your, you know, investment with a property manager, and then they've raised the rate. Um, And so, uh, yeah, and especially when you are requiring someone to show proof of two or three times the rental price in income, um, and have, you know, above 700 credit score, well, at that point, you might as well buy a home. Yeah, I'm seeing three and four times the rent now on most. uh, I don't do a lot of rentals, but I do help friends and family and people that I'm working with. Mm -hmm. And three is about standard. And, you know, if you're talking about a $2,000 apartment or condominium, that's a considerable considerable amount of income for someone that's renting a home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think... Uh, with the amount that we're where we're at in the median housing price, which is what four twenty five right now, 
So I give think or take five dollars, <laughs> give or take five dollars. Um, but in that four hundred thousand dollar range, um, at, even at a low five percent interest rate, you're looking at almost a three thousand dollar a month mortgage. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's considerable. So you know, there's going to always be a segment of the population that can't do that. So they're going to continue to rent. But I have a friend right now that I took out to a two bedroom condominium. It's small and it's on the market right now for 1545. It was 1595 just a couple of weeks ago. And I happened to look in the rental history and they rented it in 2021 for 1350. So Mm -hmm. that's gives you an idea. And that's on the smaller side of what those, what those were. That same two bedroom probably would have rented for seven or eight hundred mm-hmm. during the downturn. So mm-hmm. it's it's considerable how much rents have gone up here. Yeah, and I don't think we've heard so much about you know um, you know back in in the recession and um, in previous years you would hear about layoffs at you know resort properties or hiring freezes were very common back then. I haven't heard anything about layoffs at, at some of those companies, places like Amazon, um, especially in the mortgage industry, we're very familiar with, with layoffs and, um, and no hiring going on in that industry. So I think it's super specific to that, that sector, but I haven't heard of anything like that. Nothing more than just the major ones that we've seen, you know, the end of last year, there was quite a bit on some of the bigger companies, a lot of the tech companies, but you know, one of the nice things about Las Vegas, now versus pre-recession is that our economy, we, we don't have as much uh, dependence on, on the casino and tourism industry. Obviously that's still a big part of our labor force, but it's much more diversified than it was, you know, in 2007 and eight than when we went in the last recession. Mm-hmm. I think also spending is still up. I mean, we, we report, I mean, in tourism alone, we are reporting still record numbers, I think. Mm-hmm. So people are still getting out and spending. I spent like $100 on valet, I feel like, in the last week <laughs> just by visiting two places. And I'm like, I miss the old Vegas. Well, we still have conventions. We still have you know a lot of things happening here. And there's still a, a lot of desire and demand for people to come out here and travel. People are still kind of recovering from being cooped up during the pandemic. So we're not seeing any kind of slowdown. You can go to the stores and, you know, there's a lot of shortages on food and things like that. So I think there there are, there are people that are going to be very price sensitive, but there's still right now, the economy still looks really strong. But in the next, you know, five or six months as summer is coming and then people are looking to resettle before the new school year starts, mm-hmm. um, that's definitely going to change with the amount of inventory that we're lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about that in in the next couple of weeks in future episodes about the large group of homeowners who are just staying put because they have mm-hmm. such ideal interest rates and low mortgage payments. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to continue to be a challenge. And I think that that's going to be the reason we've both said this, why there's not going to be a huge crash or potentially even larger dip than we've already seen in the past six to seven months. I have had people that felt like they wanted to wait until later this year to buy a home because of, you know, whether they've gotten that advice on a national level or where they're hearing that. And there's already a little bit of panic in them because we are seeing prices starting to go up a little bit, multiple offer situations, because there are so few homes available on the market that I think they're starting to realize there's also going to be 
once that happens and we're in a more buyer's market again, you're not going to see incentives or seller contributions towards buying down interest rates. Some of the things that make it possible for people who are very price sensitive to buy right now. So mm-hmm. I think that those things are going to go away really quickly. Right. Now we don't have a crystal ball, but we can use facts and statistics and charting things mm-hmm. very geekily like we are doing right now, which we both enjoy um, to inform people and to give them the best education possible. Um, so we're going to continue to do that. And we're going to be talking on uh, next week's episode of kind of where the best deals are. Mm-hmm. But maybe you can kind of allude to what we're going to be talking about in that episode. So I think we're just going to be looking at the different opportunities that are out there, whether it's new construction or whether it's uh, different types of product that you could be looking at to take advantage of the market that that's going to be available right now. I think they're going to have to be more creative in the types of stuff that you're looking at. Whereas traditionally, most people, you know, new homes are a big part of our market here, but traditionally it's the the resale market that that drives the majority of home sales. And I think that's going to be a little bit different over the next um, probably a year to two years. Yeah. And in prepping for this podcast, we talked a little bit about um, some of the options that are just not in existence in mm-hmm. the mortgage industry right now. You talked about, um, what was the word porting alone? Yeah. So that's something that I think will be really interesting that I looked into because I think, um, you know, we're living in a different economy. We're li- like, the world is different now. Uh, you know, it's not easy to to buy or sell a home because the process of getting a mortgage takes so much time. But I don't think we're going to see three or four percent interest rates for a very long time, if ever. And so a lot of people like myself have, you know, uh, very low interest rates and there's just not a lot of incentive to sell their home and move and double their interest rate. So I was doing some research on some different types of loan products And apparently this is a thing. I was like, why can't I just take my mortgage with me? Like Mm -hmm. I went through all this process of getting qualified for it and I've been paying on it. Like it's a great mortgage at a great rate. Like I'm a reliable borrower. Why can't I just take it with me? And sure enough, you know, the internet told me that there's something called porting a mortgage and I did a lot of research on it. And I think it's something that we're going to have to, I think if lenders want to enable people to, or empower people to make a move that they want to, they're going to have to be more creative in allowing people to do that. So you take your mortgage with you. It follows you to the next house. You do have to uh, get qualified for it, but that's something that I think we can talk about in in future episodes. Yeah, and I mean we've we've known this. Um, you have a a listing situation right mm-hmm. now where you have an owner who is willing to carry the note. So some people who are not aware of what owner will carry. Um, will mean as a term for a a mortgage loan, Mm -hmm. um, an assumable rate mortgage, which I've um, had experience with. The buyer of the property didn't actually assume the loan. They originated one themselves. But I think if their agent, if the buyer's agent, which I was the seller's agent, Mm -hmm. so I couldn't play both sides. (laughs) But when you have an agent who can inform you on what um, the particular options are for Mm -hmm. a property, then it can better arm you to make the right investment. And that's what we want to help people to do is to use their real estate investments wisely mm-hmm. um, and make them work for their life and their financial goals. So I think those are important things that we are going to be touching on in the next two episodes, but we want to make sure that um, for now, 
people know if you're if you're looking to enter the real estate market in the next 12 to 24 months, you should have started to have the conversation with us six months ago. Mm-hmm. And that's really the bottom line of, you know, if you're looking for the bottom, if you're looking for the crash, then you're going to miss it in real time unless you're with us in the conversation. Absolutely. I mean, I have a very specific example of a friend who wasn't planning to buy until the end of the year and a house came on the market and he was really interested. And then we were jumping through hoops to get him pre-qualified. Meanwhile, there's multiple offers on the house and there just wasn't enough time to get it all together. He wasn't in a position to make that offer. And, you know, theoretically he might miss out on that opportunity uh, because it's going to go under contract with someone else. Yeah. And I think even when you focus on just our local housing market, there are going to be so many opportunities in niche areas, in niche price brackets that are going to be, you know, advantageous to certain people just at certain times. Mm-hmm. And I think based on, we we talked about an appraisal the other day on a property um, that I had where there was a cash purchase Uh, I think that closed a week before my appraisal was done and it negatively impacted my seller's appraisal. And you had seen that, you know, just because that sale was on there listed Mm -hmm. and another sale was listed on a a preceding Mm -hmm. appraisal that that changed what the value was too. So it's very, you know, it's very time sensitive Mm -hmm. to what the opportunity is. Yeah, we're, we're seeing more appraisal issues and different things as the market has been fluctuating a lot. And so it's it's going to be really interesting to see how that stuff flushes out over the next couple of months. Yeah. So make sure you uh, leave us your comments and questions on this episode. Next week, we're going to be talking about the best deals in the Las Vegas housing market. So we hope you will tune into that. Make sure you're subscribed to our podcast on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us.